My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast, episode number 231. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and today we are talking about copywriting. Now, I've made it my mission to really understand you, to hear your needs and your wants and your challenges. I love to celebrate your wins. I like to encourage you to keep moving forward when things get tough. Like, I really love to know who you are and what you're all about. And so I've been paying close attention. And one thing I know is that you all, my listeners of this podcast, are so incredibly generous with your feedback. So I know what keeps you up at night. I know where you're struggling and I know what you're moving toward. And one of the things that tends to trip you up, slow you down, frustrate you is copywriting. You either think you're not good enough or that you don't have anything to say, or you just don't know how to say it. And so you sit down to write your promotional emails and your webinars and your sales pages, and you just want to scream. And I get it. I know that feeling for sure. And I'm doing this episode because I want you to really understand, like really get it, that you can learn how to be a stellar copywriter in your business. And I'm also here to say that you shouldn't hire it out. Yep, I said that. And I'm actually not going to be the only one to say that on this episode. My guest today is Marie Forleo. Now, you all know Marie from B-School. And you know that every February, she comes on my podcast for years now. And we've talked about growing a business and marketing strategies and building your brand. But today, Marie is coming on the show to just talk about copywriting and why it's so incredibly important in your business. Now, we're going to go through strategies and techniques and tips. This is a very action-packed episode. So you're going to walk away with some things that you can do right away 
to improve your copywriting. But I think more than anything, I want you to walk away feeling inspired that you can actually be a very, very good copywriter, that you can nail down your message. You can speak to your ideal customer avatar better than anybody else in your industry. That's what I want you to feel and think when you walk away from this episode. Okay. I won't make you wait any longer. Let's go ahead and jump into one of my most favorite conversations I've had with Marie. Marie Forleo, welcome back to the show. Amy, thank you for having me on. I love talking with you. It's so much fun. And we're switching things up today. We are talking copy. And I know you've taken the time to ask your community about their struggles with copy. And after pouring over 16,000 surveys, are you kidding me? That's insane. So what did you discover that most entrepreneurs struggle with when it comes to writing copy? Well, Amy, there's a bunch of them, but I have to tell you, there were some surprises in this survey and they were surprises to me because frankly, I thought I was the only one who struggled with these things. So one of the most common struggles that entrepreneurs reported was the feeling that it takes them forever to write anything because they're constantly second guessing themselves. So some people say, you know, it can literally take me 30 minutes to write out a simple email response. And I have certainly had days when I've sat there looking at my computer screen, looking at a blank white page and going, what am I going to talk about? How am I going to open this? How am I going to write this Marie TV episode? And I have to tell you, Amy, one of the things, I don't know if you've ever talked about this in private, but one of the things that I have as a kind of Achilles heel for myself is talking about, oh my goodness, I'm such a slow writer. Mm -hmm. So I saw again, these 16,000 survey responses and seeing how many other entrepreneurs struggle with that same thing, feeling like they're so slow and it holds them back, especially as it relates to their writing. I could relate. Another struggle was something that goes like this. My writing never sounds as good as it does in my head, somewhere between my heart and the page everything gets lost. Yes. This is a big one. It's a huge one. And I think we've all had that experience where we have this vision or this inkling about how we want our words to sound, how we want something to feel, how we want our customers to receive it. And then when we go to type, it just comes out nothing like that. (laughs) It's stunted. It's rambling. It doesn't seem eloquent. It doesn't seem punchy. So again, that was something that a lot of our folks struggle with. The next one, um, and this one really broke my heart. I will say writing great copy will fix this struggle, but we've heard a lot of this, that the silence is devastating. People reported that they ask questions and no one answers. I post an update on social and I just get crickets. I offer my services and no one buys. So Obviously, this is tough on an emotional level, but on a more objective scale, that can kill your business. If you have no sales, you have no business. Another thing that we heard was people have reported they've tried a few like copywriting formulas. They found things online. You know, maybe they took a course that kind of gave them all these, oh, just fill in the blank templates, but they felt embarrassed to publish them because those formulas and those templates never sounded like the person themselves. It sounded really forced, really contrived, and a little bit like a used car salesman. Then two more, um, these were kind of some of the top survey responses. We had one that I thought really encapsulated it. Someone reported, I bought my domain three years ago and there it sits all alone, just a blank page. I want to get on with my business and life already. So that is an extraordinary case of 
writer's block yes. and that feeling of fear because you don't know how to say what you really want to say and you don't know how to use the right words to connect with your people and it keeps you paralyzed. It keeps you frozen. And then the last one, which again, I can relate to some of this. Someone said, I spent hours tweaking my last announcement, but didn't get a single sale. It's frustrating and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Uh, so breaks my heart. And I've heard all of these from my students. So these are spot on. Yes. And I couldn't believe over and over again, again, reading through pages and pages of these surveys, how similar everyone's responses were. And they had no idea they were writing (laughs) the same thing, right? Different versions of the same story. Um, So those are some of the things that I think most entrepreneurs struggle with when it comes to writing copy. And the good news is you can get on the other side of those struggles. As someone who started my business 18 years ago, um, didn't know how to write, wasn't that good in English. I can tell you that I've broken through a lot of these, not that all of them are curable forever, but you can go from being stuck, feeling paralyzed, not having sales to being able to write hundreds of percents faster than you can right now to getting sales and to making tremendous connections with your audience. Okay. So you mentioned something about not being good in English in school. And I've heard you say before that we are likely taught some rules in school about writing that are actually hurting our conversions and our sales and our businesses today. So I'm very curious what those might be. Yes. And before we get to them, I want to share some feedback that we've actually got from our students. So Cindy wrote us who has a PhD in English. Okay. (laughs) Okay. This is going to be good. She told us that having a PhD in English didn't mean that I understood how to write emails that people want to open. Yes. Amen. She was an amazing writer, but she didn't know how to write to convert. She didn't know how to write in her own voice in a way that would connect with her audience and get them to actually buy. And then this actually just came in, I think it was like two days ago. I saw this tweet from a student named Laura who said, she's like, your program taught me that I needed to unlearn how to write like an auditor. So anyone who's been in any type of profession, you know, who spent any time, whether again, you um, did really well in English class and you remember all those rules, or you find yourself in a professional executive setting where you're supposed to write a specific way, but now you're an entrepreneur, a lot of the rules that we've learned really do hurt our sales and conversions. So the first one that many of us have heard is don't use sentence fragments. So sentence fragments are just those little tiny phrases that aren't necessarily even a full sentence, but they mimic how we actually speak. So for example, one of the most famous ones is got milk, right? Mm -hmm. Famous advertisement. We've all seen it for years. It's done really well. If you think about it, that tiny sentence fragment got milk is so much more powerful than do you by any chance have have some milk, it would have never had the same punch. Same thing with just do it. Just do it as a very short, tiny little sentence fragment. And it's so much more powerful than maybe you should consider just simply doing it. <laughs> right? It would have never worked. Right. So fragments can be really powerful, but many times in English class, we were taught not to use that. We have to have these full, beautiful, perfect sentences. You know, it needs to be just precise and exact and long. And actually that's one of the things I've seen a lot in our students. They have these super long run on sentences where many of us talk in short fragments. So fragments can be powerful. They create rhythm and emphasis in your copy and they mimic how we speak. So don't be afraid to use sentence fragments. That's number one. Okay, perfect. Keep going. Give me some more. So another one is don't end a sentence in a preposition. This was something that we all learned if we took English class. So for example, 
with whom are you going to the movies? Right? (laughs) No one talks like that. Instead, we actually say, who are you going to the movies with? Or who are you taking to the movies? That's how we actually talk. But again, if you have all of these ingrained rules from English class, like don't end a sentence in a preposition, your writing is going to become stunted and stilted and not sound like a human. And I think the third one that most of us have heard is English teachers often say, don't use slang. So nobody wants us to use slang in English class, yet common words like frenemy, or we talk about throwing shade, or these two dudes are having a bromance. Those are words that we actually use in everyday (laughs) conversation. And while you certainly don't want to overdo that with your copy because it can feel forced, you do want to allow yourself to use some slang in your copy that's genuine to you and your audience. Why? Slang, especially again, when it's genuine to you, It can help your reader relate to you, and it creates that know, like, and trust factor. Nobody wants to hear from some stiff corporate robot. And I think especially where we're at right now in time, Amy, there's such mistrust in terms of big organizations and institutions and big businesses for good reason. We're not really sure if we can trust these people, but we do trust people that sound and are friendly that are genuine, that are like us. So when you sprinkle in just a little bit of slang, again, that's appropriate and genuine to you and that makes sense for your audience, it can help really open people's hearts. It can help them want to hear from you because rather than feeling like they're being sold to, they're like, oh, I'm hearing from someone who's a friend, who's friendly, who is entertaining, who I could be maybe having a cup of coffee or a glass of wine with. So good. I think that's the thing that I see in your copy so much. And what you've taught me throughout the years is that you've got to be using the language that your audience is using. And the minute you don't, they just see it. They disconnect. They they don't feel it. And so they don't keep reading. Absolutely. And I say this and I teach it and I want everyone to write this one down. The best copy starts in your reader's head, not yours. So understanding who your ideal audience is, knowing them, just like you know your friends, knowing the types of conversations that they would have with their best friends, you know, kind of in the whispers or in those little phone calls late at night, or even what they say to themselves in the privacy of their own mind. If you think about it, Amy, right? None of us ever speaks in complete sentences that don't end in propositions or that use perfect language in our own minds. Never, especially when we're describing our dreams, when we're describing our fears, when we're talking about issues that are really important to us, especially issues that we would like someone, ding, 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 a business owner, a service provider to help us with. So we talk about like, God, I wish I could just blah, 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 or, oh my goodness, if this wasn't just a pain in the ass problem, I could really reach my dreams. That's at least how I talk to myself in my head. So I am more likely to respond to those business owners who have at least some of that cadence and some of those words. I feel like I can trust them. I feel like they're real, they're authentic and genuine. So again, the best copy is going to start in your reader's head, not your own. Uh, Such a good lesson. I love that. Okay. So kind of to continue on giving our listeners some tips and strategies that they can apply, I am dying to hear from you about some of your secrets to writing good copy, because 
you have been a student of copy from day one. That is something that you are definitely known for. And I know there's some tips and strategies that you have been using along the way to really resonate and connect with your audience. So will you share some of those personal strategies you use? Absolutely. These are three that I use all the time. Anyone listening should take what I'm about to say and apply it instantly. And I promise you, you will get better and better and better. So the first one is this, it has to do with headlines. And when I say headlines, I mean headlines for blog posts, email subject lines, especially if you're going to title a podcast, a video, any place where there really needs to be some type of headline on a sales page anywhere. Most people don't write nearly enough They'll maybe do a draft of like five headlines or maybe seven headlines or maybe even 10 and then go, oh, you know, if they do that, by the way, I would be surprised if most people write even 10 as a draft before they pick one. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Here's what you need to do. Write at least 30 before choosing one. That sounds like so many. (laughs) I know. I know it sounds like so many, but it actually isn't. Here's the secret. And in fact, I was doing some research and I believe it's either BuzzFeed or Upworthy, one of those big major companies who makes a lot of money off of good headlines. Again, whether you agree with their editorial practices or not, you have to admit they can hook you with their headlines. They make all of their writers write at least 25 headlines before submitting. Interesting. Okay. And here's why. None of us, no matter how experienced of a writer you are, and again, at this stage in the game, 20 years in, I still do this and I'm still pushing myself to do at least 30, if not more. You only get to the gold, you only get to the magic once you get past like 15 or 17. Amy, I cannot tell you how many times in my life, in my experience with myself, writing with my team, anywhere where I'm writing, 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 there's an entire page full of potential headlines. And then boom, at like 31 or 27 or 40, the gold happens. You don't think you're going to get there. The first like lop of stuff that you write is probably total crap. Nothing feels good. But the mistake people make is they stop themselves short. All of the golden creativity comes from the grind. If you can push yourself to volume, you're going to get amazing stuff. And here's why this is so important. Headlines and especially subject lines in your email marketing, those are the only things that determine if someone's going to click. Obviously, if they like you, that increases the chance that they just trust you and they want to hear from you. Great. But as email volume increases, As distractions increase, as people have less and less time, they're going to be less and less inclined, even if they love you, unless you're able to capture their attention with a fantastic subject line or a fantastic headline. Uh, I totally love this one. I'm going to do it. I do not write nearly enough. Okay. Yeah. So that's one for everyone, right? At least 30, push yourself for more. That's where you're going to get the gold. Second thing. Second tip, don't write and edit at the same time. This one is a really hard habit to break, especially if anyone listening, again, raising my hand, you tend to be a perfectionist. You want to like bang stuff out. So you want to write it once you want to write it really perfectly and then just get it out the door. However, there are two distinct and very different parts of our brain that do the writing and the editing. And I promise you, you will get your best, most genuine, most original, most inspired workout 
if you can allow yourself to write really crappy first drafts and stay out of editing mode. So again, I don't know if anyone can relate to this. Maybe Amy, you can. A lot of times when we're trying to push, we like start to write a sentence and we're like, oh, I didn't really say that right. And then you delete, 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 you go back and you're trying to write and craft these perfect sentences one by one. And it takes fucking forever. It takes forever. You don't get anywhere. There's like no flow. So again, not writing or editing at the same time is a great way to get yourself to write tons of ideas out fast, even if it's messy, even if the grammar isn't there, even if you're making ton of spelling mistakes, and then go back, switch to the part of your brain that's an editor, which for 90% of us is actually the more pleasurable action. It's a lot easier to kind of rearrange things, to kind of neaten stuff up, to tuck words, um, to trim them down, to use the thesaurus, to find different things. But you have to do those two functions separately. That's part of the reason why people are saying it takes me hours to write a simple email is because 90% of the time they're approaching it from a perfectionistic standpoint where they're writing and editing at the same time. So if you can separate those two, you're going to save yourself time and come out with a better, more powerful, persuasive product at the end. Okay. I love how we're making this so actionable. Awesome. Third tip for you guys, and this is one that's so easy, all of you should be doing. It's going to make you feel a little weird, perhaps, especially if you have family or friends or kids around, but you must read your copy out loud. This is the fastest and easiest way, not only to catch errors, but it's the best way to see where you're slipping into either professional mode or robot speak, or if you're slipping into mimicking someone else. When you read things out loud, you start to catch areas where either you sound like a carnival salesman (laughs) or you sound like something you're like, God, that just doesn't feel right. But the feeling comes from reading it out loud. So if you're someone who struggles with, oh, I don't know if this is really my voice or I don't know if this sounds friendly or I don't know if this feels right or is this too salesy, reading it out loud is a really simple and effective way to quickly edit your copy and also to make sure it sounds like you. So I've got a question for you that I know comes up with my students a lot and they're sometimes thinking, but I don't know what my voice is. Yes. What do you say to that? Everybody has a voice. Everybody has a voice and you may not understand exactly what it is yet. And I'll tell you this, Amy, I couldn't necessarily describe my voice, right? It's almost like having to articulate who a human being is. How do you encapsulate a human being with just a few words? You have to express it. So it's not necessarily about quote unquote, finding it as though it's something outside of yourself. It's about doing enough volume of work where it just expresses itself automatically. So it's really most people who are like, I I don't know if I have a voice or how do I find my voice? You're just not practice at writing. I can guarantee anyone who says that doesn't sit down enough to write copy. They're just out of the habit. When you start writing as you normally talk. So this is one of the things we often talk about in copy cure. And I, I say this as many times as I can, because I want business owners to get it. Nobody gets talkers block. Nobody, right? <laughs> That's good. True. All yeah get writer's block, obviously. And again, some of the most prolific, talented, experienced writers, and I know many of them, we all get writer's block. That happens. But what's cool about writing copy is that if you can just write like you talk, and literally you can say a sentence out loud, and I know this sounds kind of weird, but if you were thinking about talking to your audience and you say, oh, Sally, um, I've got this new program coming up. I really think you should know about it. I would literally sit down and write, oh, Sally, 
I have this new program coming up. I really think you should know about it. Then speak out loud the next sentence, write it down. You will start to see your voice on the page. And over time, it's just going to become habitual. But I promise for anyone listening, not only do you have a voice, you don't have to find it. You don't quote unquote have to develop it. You just have to get it on the page. And the quickest way to do that is to talk, then write. I love it. It's just like, you got to do the work. Yes. You got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So copy has always been an area that you have felt very passionate about. Even back in our rich, happy, and hot mastermind days, like over 10 years ago, almost, you were always encouraging us to be a student of copy. So I've heard you say that we should all take ownership over our copy. Will you talk a little bit about this? Yeah. So this is a really big deal for me. Copy is not something that I believe anyone should outsource, especially not from the beginning. This, I cannot stress this enough, Amy. So at this point, right, through B-School, I've now seen like 40,000 small business owners go through the program. I've had such a unique perspective on what people do that works and what people do that doesn't. And nine times out of 10, the businesses who are otherwise kind of framed to be successful, they have a great product, they have a great niche, they have a great audience. All those things are kind of aligned, but where they fall flat on their face is copy. And here is the deal about copy. No one is born knowing how to do this. So it's not your fault if at a business owner, you don't know this stuff, right? Because no one really talks about it. And this is part of the reason why I'm so excited that we're doing this podcast today, because I think it's one of the hidden secrets that makes some brands and some businesses take off and other ones who are equally as talented, equally as committed, they just fall flat on their faces. So a couple things about this. If you don't train yourself in copy, you are going to wind up wasting a ton of money if you try and hire someone, like if you try and outsource this, and I will tell you why. If you don't understand the mechanics of really good copy, you won't know what to look for when you're hiring someone. You won't know how to evaluate if what they're producing for you is good or not. And I will tell you this, I have seen so many people waste so much money hiring what may be good copywriters, but they're not the right copywriter for that business owner. Their style, their tone, there's a total mismatch. The copywriter isn't as understanding of who your ideal customer is as you are because they don't know them. They haven't spent years or months studying them. They're not in the customer service day in and day out like you are. They don't know their dreams. They don't know their aspirations. There's no way they can tap into that emotion like you can. And so for me, I think writing effective copy, and I will tell you this without hesitation, understanding how to do this and continuing to train myself has been the single most important skill that I've developed over these 18 years of my business. Not only has it helped us succeed beyond anything I could have ever imagined, but it has allowed me to do something I'm really passionate about, which is to make a positive difference in this world. Whether that is through having people actually use the ideas that I share to get results for themselves, having them consume a product and make it till the end, which again, for anyone who sells how-to information or wants to change people's lives through books or through courses or any of that, you know how important it is to get people to actually finish your shit, right? right. That's not the thing. But then even on another level, it was just uh, this year, you know, writing the right words helped me raise over $2 million 
for a cause that I really believe in. So the ability to write effective copy in my estimation is something that every single business owner needs to take control of. Don't outsource this. Don't underestimate yourself. You can do it and it's easier than you think. I love what you've said before about the fact that you don't need to feel bad that it doesn't come natural to you. No. Yeah. Oh, hell no. <laughs> nobody, again, nobody pops out of the womb knowing this stuff. I happen to be really fortunate in the fact that when I was first getting my coach training, by the way, if you hear a dog, I'm so sorry. We're totally dog friendly on this podcast. Are you? It's Kuma. Kuma. And deliveries. And uh, I'm home. <laughs> Story of my life. Yes, yes, yes. We can pause. For no, a it's all good. It's all Are good. You sure? Keep on moving, girl. Okay, good. So, um, well, no. <laughs> Let's pause. <laughs> Hold on one second, Amy. Okay. We're keeping this in. We're not even editing it out. We're just going to wait for a moment here. Okay. Now that we're moving past the Kuma barking, I really want to keep talking about this. Why do you think it's so important for business owners to keep diving into learning how to write copy? Well, I think it's especially important, again, whether you're brand new in business or you're more seasoned, because here's the truth. The world of business is becoming more and more complex. I mean, with so many social platforms, so many bits of correspondence that we have to have with our customers, right? We do it through our websites. Some of us do it through apps. They happen through emails, through receipts, through comments, through social posts, through chats, videos, podcasts, podcast descriptions, product descriptions. Every single one of these areas, any place that you use words is a chance to inspire someone into action with your message it's a chance to surprise and delight them. Amy, I cannot tell you how much time we spend as a team, and I love it. We will never stop fine-tuning all of the little areas where we interact with our customers using words. So you must be able to write your own copy. Again, this is my humble opinion. You have to be able to write it on the fly. You have to be able to write it quickly. And it has to be from your spirit, your heart, and your voice. Anywhere where you start outsourcing these things or you let it just become too basic, you're going to get lost in the sea of vanilla. And with so much competition out there, copy is the place that not nearly enough people are paying attention where you can have an advantage. And I want to talk about why it's particularly important for beginners to get in on this. You know, it was one of the fortunate things that happened for me at the beginning of my journey. When I first started to learn about coaching and the world of coaching, I got so turned on by it. I remember that part of my coach training was around business. And I happened to stumble upon all of these different books and different people that were talking about the importance of copy. So I dove straight in. I want to read you something that one of our students wrote to us, wishing that she had learned about copy sooner. Let me read to you what she said to us. Okay. This was about the copy here. So she said, the moment I went through the first lesson, I wished I had done it sooner. I don't feel like I'm talking on a stage to an empty theater anymore. It would have saved me lots of time if I would have gotten the copy cure in the first place. So again, by the way, y'all, if you don't want to do copy cure, cool, just substitute copy training for that. She says, my launches, Facebook ads, social media posts, blog posts, engagement went so much after the program. It would have been great to have done this earlier. So don't wait, do it. It's a great investment for your business. So that was a woman named Melinda. 
And we love that because it's like all of us think, especially at the beginning of our business, oh, I'll handle that later. Or I don't need that right now. That's more advanced. Bullshit. It is not. It is the foundation of your business. The only way you're going to get to an advanced level is if you have this skill set under your belt. And I think another reason that it's important, especially for beginners to get this under their belt is that when your list is small, it'll actually help you convert more people. So a woman named Shauna wrote to us and she said, I've sold a thousand dollars worth of products in two weeks to a small list of only 305 subscribers. I remember this from my early days. When you have a small list and you don't have much revenue coming in, the ability to capitalize on even those small amount of readers can help you grow to that next level, right? Having that revenue can come in can mean the difference between hiring your first part-time assistant, your first virtual assistant, being able to invest more in the business through advertising, whatever you need to do. Um, another woman named Gerja wrote us, she says, I have a super small list, 66 people to be precise, and I converted 15 of them into paying clients. Wow. Yeah. So again, this is like the impact of being able to use the right words to inspire people to act. And as business owners, it's our responsibility to learn how to do that. So many of my listeners struggle with growing their email list. So I think their ears just perked up like, wait a second, like this can be easier because I always say it's not about growing a huge email list. It's just making an impact with the list that you already have. Well, and let me, that's huge. Yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you off, Amy. I'm so sorry. I want to hear exactly what you're saying, but I want to dive in with this, right? If you only have, let's say, just like Gurja, there's like 66 people. Well, if 15 of them became paying clients and you wowed the virtual pants off of them, right? You right. just so happy you over-delivered. And then let's say all of a sudden you have 15 amazing testimonials. Don't you think it's going to be a lot easier to grow your list when you have that social proof and that confidence of how well you're servicing the people you already have? So rather than looking for more volume, it's about maximizing what we already have. And for everyone listening, again, obviously I'm biased. I know you're biased because you know me and we'll, we'll talk about the copy here in a minute, but I want everyone listening to commit to learning copy, no matter who they learn it from, like learn this because I want people to succeed. I think it's just essential. I I love that you said it's just non-negotiable. This is something that you have to learn no matter where you learn it. You've just got to make it a priority and to kind of go a little bit further with that, besides saving a whole lot of money by being able to do this yourself, because if you do hire it out and you find someone really good, they're incredibly expensive just for the record. Like I know this firsthand. And so just alone saving money is a huge benefit of learning it yourself. But what are some of the other big advantages of learning to write your own copy? One for me, and I just experienced this yesterday because I wrote a blog post rather than doing a Marie TV video like we normally do because I am in the midst of writing my book. So I'm in this big writing mode right now is I think the emotional feedback, like the impact that you can make with your audience is huge. You know, we've had students say that writing has become so enjoyable for them that they finally finished the first draft of their books. I heard that so many times. I know that writing a book and Amy, congratulations, because I know you have one. I have one. I'm working on my second. 
for many of us, writing a book is one of those big bucket list items and learning how to be able to have your words flow and the emotional impact that comes from being able to change people's lives through a book is huge. And I'll say this about the blog post uh, yesterday. I kind of opened that loop and didn't close it. I had people, Amy, friends who I haven't heard from in a while and people just randomly texting me and hitting me up in my DMs and Instagram, talking to me about the impact that my words made on them yesterday. And we've heard this from our copy cure students too. I've had our students say people I've never met are emailing me just to say, thank you for writing my latest blog post. So if you're someone who's in business, who genuinely has a desire to positively impact other people's lives, and you want to feel that connection, the benefit of writing your own copy means that you have the ability to inspire others to change their lives and to feel that connection come back to you, I think is priceless. I'll say another benefit is that you have more time to focus on other things. So we've had many students say that they can whip out a blog post in virtually no time where it took them hours upon hours upon hours before because we taught them how to remove the emotional blocks and gave them strategies and we have amazing sentence stems and all of these little tricks that we use to get people into the flow and onto the page and doing things, you know, 10 to 20 to 100 times faster than they did before. So more time to focus on other things and less time feeling like you're going to pull your hair out and wanting to cry staring at a blank white page. Another thing, this was actually big for me, is control, right? So in our world and business, you know this, Amy, how quickly do things change? Things oh, happen. Yeah in the media, things happen in your business. You get a great idea for a new offering. You want to run some type of special. There's something that comes to you that you're inspired about. And you're like, I need to make this live now. When you rely on freelancers, when you rely on other people to do your writing, not only is it expensive in terms of time, but in terms of your ability to control your own business destiny. So many of our students say like anytime my business changes, they just edit the copy themselves. They don't have to put their work on hold. They don't have to wait in line for someone to like write them what they can say themselves. So I like having, you know me, Amy, I like having control. <laughs> So that level of control, I think, is really, really crucial, especially in these times when business and media and everything changes so fast. To be able to handle it yourself is huge. Obviously, we talked about saving money because you're not hiring out, but making more money. So we have an e-commerce um, set of students. It's a floral arrangement business. Their e-commerce sales in three months after all they did was change their descriptions, right? So they're changing the descriptions of how they talked about things went from 54,000 to 119,000. They said that they've never seen their sales grow that much. And the only thing they changed was the copy on their website. Come they're on, not, that they're, is good. They're not selling coaching. They're not selling how to make money. They're selling flowers, yeah. flowers. <laughs> okay. And then we had a dental sales student who went from making between two and $7,000 a month to $30,000 a month via email sales. Again, not coaching. She's selling dental equipment. Oh my gosh. This is so good. I love when you use examples of people that do things other than selling, yeah. like coaching. you said, coaching and how to make yeah. money online, basically well, stuff we do. But I love these other examples to show this is so incredibly doable. 
Yes. And the reason I want to say that, and I do want to address this for a minute, because rightfully so, right? Our industry can get a couple of people that are snarky or yep. negative or like, well, it just works for you guys because you're selling. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, you need to sit down and be humble because I have literally pages upon pages of businesses that do nothing like what Amy, you and I do. This happens to be our passion, by the way. If yeah. I didn't do this, I mean, if I didn't like this and enjoy this stuff, I wouldn't be doing it. If I was passionate about flowers, I'd be selling flowers. If right. I was passionate about something else, that's what I'd be selling. But my point is, yes, words move us. I mean, think about it. And we don't have to get into this in terms of which side, but think about politics. Think about John F. Kennedy. Think about Martin Luther King Jr. Think about how their words moved social movements into action and changed history. So whether you're in business, whether you're in a nonprofit, you know, whatever you do, words are powerful. And when you learn how to use them, you empower yourself to change the world. Uh, amen to that. I absolutely love it, which is a perfect segue to the fact that I wanted to ask you about your upcoming webinar. It's called yes. Five Writing Mistakes That Are Killing Your Sales and How to Fix Them. Now, I absolutely love your webinars, just for the record, and you know I'm a webinar snob. I know a good webinar. And yours <laughs> are so fun, especially because the last one I was on, there was a dance party. So that was a lot of fun. But they're also full of strategies, actionable tips that you can take away. So tell us about this upcoming webinar. Yes. So five writing mistakes that are killing your sales and how to fix them. This is born out of me when I get really frustrated, when I see people making mistakes, I'm like, no, you don't have to do that. So it's a very hands-on tactical webinar. I'm going to walk people through those mistakes and we're going to show lots of examples of how to fix them. So a lot of before and afters with real websites, real copy, and just giving people kind of a great cheat sheet that they can walk away with and go, oh, okay, awesome. Here's my checklist. You know, as I move forward, as I'm writing words for my business, I'm going to make sure not to make these mistakes and I'm going to do the right thing and help myself get more sales and more impact. Here's what really crushes me, Amy. I really cannot stand seeing any business owner working their tails off because I know how hard it is. I'm with you guys. We're putting in 14 hour, 16 hour days. We're there on the weekends. We're doing everything in our power to make our businesses successful for our families, for the purpose that they serve in the world, to create that freedom that we want. And it crushes me when copy is the thing that's holding people back. And sometimes they just don't even know it. But here's the thing I want everyone to take away from this. It is not rocket science to learn this. I promise you. And what's even better is it gets to be so much fun once you get the basics down. Amy, I will tell you inside at Team Borleo, we have so much fun with our copy now. Like everything is hard work, right? To put anything together is a ton of hard work. But once you, and even if you have a team, start to understand the basics, it becomes fun. Writing those 30 headlines, you start having laughter sessions, like the combinations that you put together. And then when you see the results, you see your open rates go up, you see the conversions goes up. It's just joyful all the way around. And I do want to say this, whether you learn copy from us, whether you learn it on this webinar or you learn it from another source, I really want people to promise themselves that they will develop this skill so they can succeed with their business. And before we wrap up, I want to share um, a favorite quote that I have by Nietzsche, and it goes like this. All I need is a sheet of paper and something to write with, and then I can turn the world upside down. Oh, so good. So good. So I will say for everyone listening, man, get your copywriting skills 
under control. You can totally do it. You don't have to be a perfect writer. You certainly don't need a PhD in writing. You just need a few tips and tricks, and then your copy is going to sell. Marie, thank you so much for spending the time telling us the stories and the examples and the actionable tips. I really cannot wait for my students to embrace copywriting. Awesome. Me too. Thanks for having me again, Amy. Thanks again. Okay. So there you have it. I hope you loved this interview with Marie as much as I have. And I want to share one final thought. And that is that all the marketing strategies in the world, the webinar techniques, the course creation techniques, the list building techniques, all the stuff I love to teach you. None of that will matter if you cannot craft a message that will resonate with your audience to want to buy your courses and join your email list and become a part of your coaching programs and your service packages or whatever it is that you are selling. The message matters and there's nobody better in your business than you to craft it and to deliver it. And that is where copywriting fits into the mix. So I want you to remember that you are incredibly capable of being a phenomenal copywriter. I believe that with all of my being and I'll believe in you more than you can believe in yourself until you start to think, wait a second, I got this. I could do this. You'll get there. Okay, guys, thank you so very much for tuning in. I cannot wait to talk to you again. Same time, same place next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 